Welcome to the Nativa podcast series, where we provide a bi-weekly data-driven analysis to the most trending topics among Hispanics and Black consumers. I'm Natasha Pongonis, co-founder and CEO of Hawaii Business Intelligence, and joining us today, uh, my business partner, Eric Diaz, as well co-founder of Hawaii Business Intelligence and Nativa. Hi, Eric. Yes. How are you? Good. How are you guys? And let me welcome Diane Almada. She's doing her first podcast with us today. So we're very excited. And uh, she's going to be sharing some of the latest insight and the report that she did with a topic that we can actually relate, which is cereals. Uh, we might not think so much about cereals, but actually, at the end of the podcast, I'm sure you're going to be surprised with some of the funding. So, very excited uh, to start the podcast. So, Diane, share us, tell with us, share with us, I guess, when um, was the data collected? What was the timeline for that? And why you decided to do that topic? Well, hello, everyone. And going right into the topic so the data was collected from um, march 23rd to june 21st so that gives us three months of data and i decided to do cereal just because it's it's such an everyday thing that some people might overlook that it has like important or that you can gather important marketing um information from and i decided to do the top four selling uh cereals so that would be Cheerios, Lucky Charms, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and Fruit Loops. And I got this from a couple articles, actually mentioned them as being very popular and uh, being bestsellers. So, so I'm curious, do you have any preference or any of those, I guess, your favorite cereals? Actually, yes. So <laughs> growing up, I always loved Fruit Loops. I think it was just the coloring in it that really caught my attention. And to this day, like whenever I have cereal, I have to go for Fruit Loops. What about you guys? Do you guys have any preferences on it? I, yes. I really like, uh, <laughs> I go back and forth with uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch and, and Cheerios, I would say, because Cheerios, you know, still feels healthy to me. I'm like, oh, I'm getting my, my health food in if I eat some Cheerios. Um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch or CTCs, as we say around my house, uh, those are, I don't think of as a health food, definitely, but uh, but definitely um, a, a huge favorite. I'll have them as like a dessert yeah. or something like that. And for me, it's Cheerios. I love Cheerios. And, you know, I like them just out of the box. I don't mix it with milk or yogurt or anything. It's just the straight, dry, tasty Cheerios. That's the best. <laughs> you know, that's a good point, though. Uh, so, Natasha, in Argentina, cereal is it not is really a not. cultural. That's a really good point, Eric. I don't think until I moved to the U.S., they realized how important cereal was part of just the daily routine, especially in a family. Uh, no, in Argentina, we just, we have cereals, but they're not very popular. Breakfasts are very different, um, you know, what we eat in the morning versus cereal, which makes sense. It's quick, it's fast, and you get the right nutrition especially if you drink milk with that but yeah no I, I don't I don't really know why that is you know what's interesting about that too I know from visiting Peru so my, I have a lot of family in Peru when I go I remember going shopping in the shopping in the supermarket aisle like if you go in the United States there's 
at least one full aisle, 100% dedicated to cereal. But I remember in Peru, because you know I grew up in the United States eating cereal every morning. So when I went to Peru, I was like, oh, let me get some cereal. It was an extremely small section. And it just had some of like the, the I guess, some of the top favorites, some of the familiar ones, like, uh, what was it, uh, mm -hmm. Frosted Flakes? Um, but I think they call them azucaritas, yes. I believe. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but they still have Tony right. the Tiger on them. Yeah. And there was a number. Yeah, there was a number of other ones too, but it was a much smaller aisle. Um, so anyway, I remember that. I don't know about yeah, Diana. I like that you bring that your, up. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Mexico and going to the supermarket, like you guys mentioned, there wasn't like many options in terms of cereal. And actually something that was very popular out there was buying cereal like in bulk. So mm -hmm. instead of buying like the brand boxes, which tended to be very expensive, like you would just do the bulk one. And um yeah, I don't remember cereal being, being like as popular, but I moved here when I was 10. So that's when I discovered that I just love cereal. <laughs> and like you mentioned, like it's so convenient. Um, but I guess like in like in our sorry, like in our Hispanic countries, like there is just not as big of a thing as it is here in the United States, where we value convenience a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, in Argentina, like the breakfast is also part of a kind of like a ritual where everyone gets get together in the family, you know, in the table before everyone goes off to school or work. So, so you know, it's the kind of like the tea or the coffee and then you make the biscuit and, and it's, you know, it's, it's a, oh, the croissant. It's like a, a process, uh, which cereal is like, you know, to your point, Diane, it's, it's quick, it's fast, convenient, and off you go to your routine. And so, yeah, I think it's just pretty much aligned with traditions, I guess, each country has. So Very good. So, so yeah, uh, Diane, if you want, let's take a look at that, um, at the new presentation. And let's talk a, bit, a little bit about those, uh, the numbers, like what you saw as far as Hispanic conversation versus Black. If you would share that, um, that, uh, that presentation. Yes, of course. I'll be sharing that right now. I guess we can get started with the volume by, by ethnicity. Um, so here we can see, I'm actually gonna zoom in on the graph so that way you guys can see it. There you go. So in terms of ethnicity, like percentages for, um, for Hispanics, uh, Cheerios had the highest percentage of Hispanics talking about it, followed by Lucky Charms and then um, Fruit Loops, and it ended up with Cinnamon Toast Crunch being at the bottom with a 9.2%. So, and um, for Black Americans, it was, I found it really interesting that it was actually like the opposite. So, whereas Cheerios is at the top for Hispanics, uh, for Black Americans is at the bottom. And same thing with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is at the bottom for Hispanics, but for Black Americans, it's at the top. So, I thought that was, um, that was really interesting. And it just goes to show like the different taste preferences that different ethnic groups like within the United States have. Yeah, that is very interesting. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm trying to think like with Lucky Charms, I know they're very popular here in the United States as we can see with white American 74%. And I think the marshmallows perhaps is also very American. And I don't know if other countries actually do have marshmallows or, or they actually as popular as the, as the United States is. 
with Cherias, I think, you know, kind of makes sense. And it's very global brand. And, and I think maybe the, the taste is very neutral compared to some of the other cereals. So I can see that affinity with some other ethnic groups. Yeah, definitely. And like you mentioned with Lucky Charms, like the marshmallows are such a staple of that cereal. Like I've heard of people wanting to just buy the marshmallows on their own, like without <laughs> the cereal part of it. <laughs> I've seen that too as a uh, there's there's um I can't remember which cereal brand it was it was they said like whoops and it was like just the sweet part but I can't remember what brand it was um so I wonder if Lucky Charms will do that one of these days uh it seems like it would resonate well with um well I guess a little bit more with Hispanic they had a, a higher percentage in Black American but it seems like overall Cheerios was highest with Hispanic and then what did you find for for Black American was it was the most uh discussed the most discussed for Black Americans was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Gotcha. Hmm. And this is actually very similar. Um, like, these are very similar results to what was found on another multicultural report that was done in 2018. And it was also by OIE. Um, so for the 2018 uh, report, the percentage for Cheerios for Hispanic was 22.2% which is very similar to the 29% uh, for Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It was 11.9. Um, here we have 9.2. Uh, for Fruit Loops, it was 18%. I think that was like the biggest difference. Um, whereas like now it's 12%, so it went down. And for Lucky Charms, it was like, uh, it was 12.7%. Whereas now it's 12.9%. And again, this is something from 2018. Uh, that shows the that like these these numbers kind of like are staying the same. There's not much change in terms of ethnicities and their preferences for different cereals. And Diana, I like that you uh, did the comparison uh, between the report three years ago because it is nice to see what trend, what what changes, what stays the same. Um, the main difference from being in the uh, 2018 report is we did uh, a lot more brands. And whereas this one, we focused in on the top four. Um, but in the, for our listeners, we will be um, sharing both of those links in the show notes. So uh, you can download both uh, for free yeah, at your convenience. Very good. And also, sorry, and they're also linked on those reports. So if you download the current report, you're going to see the link to the older one as well. And, and now I'm going to move down to language. So this was an interesting one, um, just because for, for Fruit Loops, like we saw, as you guys can see on this graph, like there's a higher percentage of Spanish speakers that engage with Fruit Loops. And again, like right now that we're still talk like have fresh in our mind, the 2018 report, this is very similar to what we found on the 2018 report as well. So here you can see Fruit Loops out of all the cereal brands that just tend to have a lot more Spanish speaking um, users talking about them. That is very interesting, I find. I think, you know, from a marketing perspective, perhaps we can say that some of these brands, they're very consistent with the consumer that they're reaching and approaching and, and they all tend to, to be loyal, perhaps even to the brands when you look at the volumes. Uh, which is not something that you see in many other industries or with some other products. 
where consumers trying to perhaps embrace new products and flavors or new brands. Uh, I, I found that very interesting. And Diane, if you would show us a show us an example or two, if you would have like some of the just what, what what kind of conversations are are people saying when they talk about uh, any of these brands? So for most of these brands, they were just kind of stating their opinions on the like on their tastes or um, on their preferences of cereals. So here we have um, Marco stating that Lucky Charms is the best cereal in his opinion. Mm-hmm. Like we already talked about, I disagree with that, but (laughs) (laughs) I bet. And I'm pulling up the tweet right now. Okay, so here he says, uh, what is the best cereal and why do you guys say it's Lucky Charms? So he's just assuming that people are going (laughs) to agree with him on this. And you can see it's it's a Spanish tweet um, by Marco. Yeah, and he got 22 likes. (laughs) So he has a lot of people that agree with him. That's a lot of people agree. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Fruit Loops by far had the and most Spanish conversations. And that, that was something that you saw similarly in 2018. Is that right? Yeah, I, this on this report, you are able to see too, that even out of all the other brands, um, like you mentioned, you included a lot more cereal brands in the 2018 report. But even out of all of those, like uh, Fruit Loops still had the most Spanish conversations. Wow. And now moving on to um, the Latino index. So for this, um, we found out the L1s, which were uh, acculturated Hispanics um, that only that do English only content, they were um, they were the top ones in across all brands. And here you can see on this graph that is mostly purple, which are for L1s. Yep. Um, and I think that makes sense, but based on the language uh, breakdown that we saw, we saw mostly English with the exception of Fruit Loops, which was still actually predominantly in English. It just had a much higher percentage of Spanish. So with Fruit Loops, I can see that it looks like it has some of the, the highest breakdowns of uh, L4s and L5s. Um, being a lot, lot larger than, than um, so more of this uh, Spanish preferred and Spanish only Hispanics, L4, L5, we're talking about Fruit Loops, which makes sense based on the, the amount of Spanish that we saw. So, mm-hmm. so interesting is it, it, to, would, uh, would be to know, like, I wonder, um, you know, what Fruit Loops is doing to market to Spanish speaking Hispanics, or is it just naturally occurring? Or are they, are they specifically having campaigns towards that audience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be interesting just to check out their marketing and seeing, um, and seeing why this is because like, like we already saw it is a big difference compared to other brands and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think what you have next analysis is the, age, now, the generation. Yeah. So what did you find on the generation analysis? So for the generation analysis, we found out that uh, the largest group across all brands were 35 uh, to 44 year olds that were engaging with the content of these cereal brands. Um, they were talking about mostly about this scandal that occurred with Cinnamon Toast Crunch, where a man found um, shrimp tails covered in the same, um, like in the same uh, mixture that the cereal is covered in. Mm-hmm. And he found that in the cereal box 
And this story was even covered by the New York Times. And it was just shared across all Twitter with people talking about it and making fun of it. Um, some people were actually like not believing the man that said that he found that in his uh, cereal box. But um, there was others that did believe it happened. And with that came the response from the company, uh, which wasn't well received at all. And I, we're going to talk a little more about that on the sentiment analysis, because it's going to show that people just didn't like what the company did. Wow. Yeah. So basically what you, your insight is that even though the 35 to 44 had the most conversation, it wasn't necessarily about product preference or serious yeah. preference. It was very specific about an incident, I guess, with one of the, with one of the serials. And I think that that's part of, you know, why we always say the importance of doing ongoing analysis and, and especially in this sentiment analysis, because sometimes you might see different trends based on a perception or a specific customer experience. So in this case, you know, because when I saw the 35 to 44, perhaps for me, I was a little bit surprised on the age group. I would have expected more of a younger demographic, but I know that for Americans, uh, you know, cereals is something that you eat throughout your life. You know, something just part of your childhood. But yeah, I was a little bit surprised with the age group, but that makes sense when you're explaining what caused that spike on conversation. So how about with um, Black consumers? Did you see something similar as well? Yeah, it was very similar to the Hispanic one in terms that they were, uh, they were also talking about the scandal um, while the age group was talking about it. And there was also this other story that was uh, circulating around by, um, by the New York Post. And it was about a 10-year-old kid that decided to steal his parents' minivan and drive to the store just to buy Cheerios. So <laughs> the good news is that everyone was okay. They, the child was fine, um, but it did make uh, the story that was shared by many people and it got people talking about Cheerios and how they liked it and how they were going how this kid liked it so much that he was willing to steal his parents' <laughs> minivan to go to the store and buy some. Wow. That's a great story. I mean, you know, you can even make a great commercial for a Super Bowl without yeah. that story. <laughs> well, huh, I'm, uh, I'm a little Right, the pen, I mean, yeah. but, you know, I mean, I'm not saying put a 10-year-old driving a car, but <laughs> she's like taking the concept of, you know, the extensive of what you can do is just to get a box of Cheerios. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm a parent now, so I have to see things <laughs> through a different lens, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And again, this this was a very similar to the Hispanic generation analysis and in terms of the other stories. And also, uh, I know I didn't mention it before, but the 18 to 24 year old segmentation that was also very popular. And that goes more along the, the terms of what, you know, young people like to eat. So younger people, they just like convenience, like having cereal in the morning. So mm -hmm. it makes sense that the other um, age that is talking about cereals is this, this, um, this group. Yeah, it was kind of, it just wasn't as much as a 35 to 44 but they were yeah. they were there just a little bit be under that underneath okay so yeah. was it men or women chatting about uh cereals so it was mostly men surprisingly and it was this it was the same again with hispanics and black americans uh it was mostly men talking about cereal um eric what what do you think about that 
Um, you know, I, I would, I guess I'm not surprised. I think <laughs> I've had a lot of conversations about cereals over, over my years. And uh, so that doesn't surprise me necessarily. I think, I think men take a lot of um, pride in their cereals and, uh, and probably are a little bit looser with their uh, diet restrictions. This is <laughs> probably a stereotypical uh, thought, but, um, but that's, I guess, my, my, my guess as to why we see more men talking about it. We're also not talking about, um, you know, that, you know, the healthiest cereal we have on this list is Cheerios. So we're not talking about Kashi or something like that. So, which might index more with the Hispanic audience. Yeah. I mean, or I think I'm curious, curious, curious to know if some of these brands are doing any particular campaigns or outreach um, just to drive more engagement among males and females. But at the same time, I think we, for the, past few reports that we have seen and I don't know if it's also because maybe Twitter now starting to trend more males and females um the we is starting to see something being consistent with male engaging in particular on Twitter which is the channels that we use to do this type of white paper analysis even though OYE has capability to analyze multiple other channels but we focus just on on Twitter so yeah, I think I would be curious also to know if we're starting to see the, the Twitter starting to over-index males more than females. And uh, what was, uh, what'd you see for a uh, Black American audience? So for Black American audiences, it was, again, very similar. It was mostly males talking about it. And they were actually in higher percentages in the Hispanic. So here, like, just from looking at the graphs, you can tell, like, there is more males than females talking about it on this. And um, something that I also want to mention is that we were really talking about this um, collaboration between Loki and the, the new Marvel series on Netflix, um, or sorry, on Disney Plus, and, um, and Lucky Charms. So Lucky Charms did a themed um, look, uh, Loki, um, packaging and I'm actually going to show you guys right now what I'm talking about. And it's loading. Uh, but this way, collaboration oh, it turned out to be very popular. Yeah. Hmm. It turned out to be very popular and they even had some of the marshmallows like themed to go with the um, with the series. And also surprisingly they sold out pretty quickly uh, to the point that people were some people were upset that they didn't, didn't even get the chance to buy it because the website just crashed from the amount of people that were logging in and trying to get their hands on this collaboration. That yeah, I looked into that too. I was really interested and I, th I think it was a great find. Um, I just did a quick Google search on the Loki Lucky Charms. People are selling boxes on eBay for 50 bucks a pop for those. So that's, you know, that's one of the things that they, when you, you have something like this, people can tell it's like going to be an instant collector's item. So um, I think that was part of the part of the reason they had such a such a uh, quick sellout and uh, the website crashing. Yeah, definitely. And also just um, with Marvel series, it tends to be very popular that they tend to do um, very well, like in box offices and like um, streaming services. So um, people kind of knew that this was going to be a very good series. And now that we're mm -hmm. talking about it, like months later after it came out, um, it, it is still a very popular topic online and on social media. And I think this just goes to show like the importance of jumping in on 
uh, opportunities like this. So Lucky Charm saw the opportunity of joining into this, um, doing this collaboration with the series. And, you know, now that it's, like you mentioned, Eric, now people are selling the boxes at a higher price just because it's now considered like a collector's item just yeah. from the series doing so well. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. Oh, and then quick, quick thing, Natasha, I did look that up. I looked at a couple of quick um, stats and it is generally accepted about two thirds of Twitter users are men versus one third female. So yeah, I just did the same research too. And yeah, you're right. That tends to be more male than female, which makes sense looking at, at their insight consistently, just showing a little bit more male dominated and female dominated. Yeah. Very good. All right. And now moving on to to how people feel about these brands. So here the one that immediately jumps out is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And you know, now that we've talked about what they were involved in, it is not that surprising to see this. Um, just because a lot of people really took an issue with how they approached the whole situation with uh, the man finding shrimp tails in his cereal box. What did so, they say about it? So some people were just disgusted by it. <laughs> so huh. they were just saying that they were never going to be able to eat the cereal again, that they were not able to, um, they were not going to be able to trust the brand again. And others just took an issue with how the company responded to the man that claimed to have find like these shrimp tails in his cereal. What was the company's response when, when they found out about it? They, they did what some people are calling gaslighting, which basically means that they, they, they um, asked the guy to send proof that this was like actually real because they just didn't believe that it was the true statement. And people took initiative to that because they felt like they, the company should investigate before, um, before um, claiming that the statement was false. Hmm. Okay. And. Oh, and yeah, what's that around? Uh, so Fruit Loops, they had a, they also had a kind of a spike in negative. What was that about? Yeah. So for Fruit Loops, it was about a stance that they took, um, you know, with, taking social stance uh, as a company, you have to be very careful about it because you you have to realize that a lot of your consumer, that most of your consumers are not gonna agree on these issues. So Fruit Loops, they did, um, they did a Pride Month team, uh, theme box packaging for, for the Pride Month. And some people just didn't agree with it and they threatened to boycott the company and not to buy it. And they were just upset at the company uh, showing support for, uh, for Pride Month. Well, yeah, that is, uh, that's something that, you know, we talked about in I think our last podcast about uh, ice cream and Ben and Jerry's, uh, how they continuously take stances and it, yeah, it's great for the brand. People, I mean, people consistently say, especially the the younger audience, that they want brands that will take an opinion, take a stance on on these uh, social trends. But they have to also be willing to draw that negative sentiment, as we see here from from Fruit Loops. You know, obviously they they're aligned with the whole Pride messaging. They already have the cereal is multi multicolored, just like the Pride flag. So. Um, they, you know, they decided to take a stand and, uh, and, and support that community. And, 
and they paid the price a little bit as far as the negative sentiment for that. But it's just one of those things that you have to be willing to do if you're going to take that stance. Yeah, definitely. Like you mentioned, um, younger younger people, and I see it too with my friends, they prefer companies that take a stance on social issues and that support certain communities, um, such as like um, the LGBTQ plus community. And um, yeah, they like companies like that and they like to support companies that do that. But with that comes, um, comes a question of what happens with your older customers that they might not be as willing and as open to accept their favorite company endorsing something that they're personally against. So, yep. yeah. And same thing with Black Americans. I, it was like similar issues. Uh, so Cinnamon Toast Crunch, their whole scandal with the handling of the, of the shrimp story of what it came to be known <laughs> and then uh for fruit loops it was the the, the pride month packaging very good and after go ahead no very good and uh yeah wrap us up here with what, anything that you saw with uh, location analysis in particular yeah with location uh as always for most of our reports we see a lot of um hispanics um hispanic conversations coming from los angeles california which makes sense if you look at their demographics and the amount of um, hispanics living in los angeles so that was that was like the majority for all brands and then for black american we had at conversations coming from Atlanta, Georgia, being at the top, and they were the number one location across all brands. So, yeah. And it's, again, it's very, the cities that were at the top of, for Black Americans are very different from the ones that were Hispanic. And I think that just comes down to the demographic, demographics of these cities. So, Diane, if there was like perhaps one of the main takeaway from this analysis, based on you know, the research that you have done and the analysis, especially comparing you know, two different analyses, um, is there a main takeaway that you can leave with the audience? I would say the main takeaways were the, the response that companies have to scandals or to, um, to issues that are shared online. You know, uh, with social media, these issues, these stories, they can, they can become viral within a day. So sometimes companies will jump to um, make the responses as quick as possible without realizing that sometimes uh, no response is better than a bad response. Because if, point, yeah. yeah, if you do a bad response, people are going to continue talking bad about your brand. Whereas um, sometimes it might be better to just not respond or wait until you are able to come up with the good enough response for the public. Really good point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it was for me, my main takeaway when you're talking about the partnership with the Lucky Charms and, you know, in a, a series is definitely very popular. So it's kind of engaging, perhaps similar, but reaching perhaps to even to a new de demographic. And that was like really, really interesting to see how many people embrace the partnership. Yeah. Eric, do you have any main takeaway from this analysis? Yeah, I, I think for me, um, looking at, 
you know, Fruit Loops being a, another brand that's taken a stance and, and you know, taken, uh, I guess, a little bit of a, a hit on sentiment was something mm-hmm. that was interesting to me because we were just talking about that with, with Ari a couple weeks ago with Ben and Jerry's. And she actually posted a blog about it because, which can actually also be found on the OIE Intelligence website um, about kind of her, you know, what she's learned, kind of digging deeper into the data and like some of the, some of the things that you just wouldn't quite expect, you know, you go into a serial analysis, not really thinking that you're going to be, you know, finding uh, the negative sentiment that you're going to be finding for uh, topics such as, you know, taking a, taking stance on pride, on pride months, but, uh, but that's what happens. I mean, that is the, our modern day. So so I think uh, that is, you know, continues to be one of the things I, I really enjoy learning from these, these reports each week. Absolutely. Well, this was a really fun and insightful analysis. Thank you, Diane, for putting this together. And please join us back in two weeks when we're going to be bringing a new exciting analysis. And Eric, do you have any, can you share with the audience what will be the other report? Do you have any insights on that? Well, Diane, I believe you're working on. Um, it's going to be on a on a soccer report on one of the the recent uh, tournaments that happened. Which which uh, which tournament are you reporting on? I'm going to be reporting on Copa America, which was yeah. it's a soccer tournament for South American countries, and it should be pretty interesting. I've already found some some really interesting topics to talk about. Well, I'm Great. eager to see that report. Being from Argentina and Argentina playing mm-hmm. Brazil, and then so. I can't wait to get all the insights. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us and feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Our email is info at oyintelligence.com. Our reports are free to download in our website and also make sure to follow us in Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn where we also share recent insight and more update in what is trending among Black and Hispanic consumers. Thank you and have a great, great week.